Welcome to the Emotional Fortitude Podcast. How to build the emotional fortitude to win in life and in business. No fluff, just real world results. I'm your host, Itamar Marani, ex-Israeli Special Forces, former undercover agent, Jiu-Jitsu black belt, and mindset expert. Hey guys, today I want to do something a bit different. We're going to be talking about an insecurity recently that I discovered that I have that was pulling me in the wrong direction. And I'm going to share first off how I came to recognize that it is what it is and what I did to overcome it and the outcome of it. This was a podcast that I was considering even doing as a solo podcast, but I thought it'd be really, really valuable to have Emil here so we can basically just make sure that I'm speaking in a ways people can understand. I'm not making any jumps that aren't clear. So Emil, thank you for joining. It's an absolute pleasure. And you know, more than, you know, making it clear and not making jumps, it's obviously you're in your own head. And yeah, there's things which you assume to be true because they've always been true, which do don't necessarily come out. So by not having me here live, as it were, if something doesn't link up, I can yeah. jump in and ask about it. So yeah, it makes a lot of sense. Great. Okay. So here's the deal. About a month and a half ago, I was at a conference. And at the main stage in the morning, they had three different speakers and they all talked about the journey, completely different businesses. They're all either seven or eight figure businesses about their journey, how they did it and so on and so on. They said a lot of different things, but in reality, they were all saying the exact same thing from my viewpoint. They were all saying, do the simple things that you know you should be doing. And that was my takeaway from all three of those talks. And I was walking to lunch and I was thinking to myself, why do we need to be reminded? All people, why do we need to be reminded to do the simple things that we know we should be doing? Why does this happen? And then I thought to myself, well, why did I also need to be reminded right now? And I was thinking about it and I kind of walked by myself a little bit in the hallways trying to process it. And I was like, why don't I do that? Why do I add complexity to the business sometimes? It's not rational. It's not logical. I was like, oh, okay. It's because I'm impatient. That's my issue. It's my impatience. And then I felt okay with that. And I kind of put it to bed, went joined a couple of people for lunch, had a good time, but it didn't really feel right still. So I went to sleep that night. I woke up the next morning. I went for a swim in the pool and I sat out in the sun a little bit, did some medita meditating and thinking. And I realized, ah, it's not that I'm impatient. It's that I have an insecurity that's causing this impatience. And that's really what's going on. And it was a really weird realization to have, but it was very clear that that's what was going on. And I realized that a lot of the times I do things in the business that aren't strategic or long-term thinking because I have an insecurity of where it is right now. I feel I'm X quality of person and the business isn't that. So what's wrong here? Why is the business not already at eight figures? Because I have lunch a lot of time, I go to events with eight, nine figure entrepreneurs and we're talking on the same level. So what's going on here? Maybe I'm actually not as good as I think I am or something else. And that insecurity creates a compulsion, which creates that, that impatience, which is causing me to do a lot of things that just don't serve me, don't serve the business. And me realizing that was very, very interesting. Because then I could ask, well, is this actually true? Should I be, should I feel insecure about this? Is this a valid, maybe there is an issue here. Maybe I'm not as good as I think I am or whatever it may be. And the main thing that popped up was context. 
that a lot of these entrepreneurs, especially those that were on the main stage that day, they've been doing this for almost a decade. I've been in business for three years. And what was more interesting, that I had a bunch of people come up to me during that event and say, Edomar, how have you literally built all this in three years? Which was exactly the opposite of how I was thinking about myself in that moment, that I should have done more in these three years. And recognizing that for me was a really, really big shift because all of a sudden it took off a lot of pressure that I didn't know I was putting on myself. It was all unconscious. And removing that pressure allowed me to do the right things. And I want to kind of go more into depth about that. But just from the get-go, Emil, do you have any thoughts, anything to say or any questions, man? Yeah, this is a, a really, really interesting topic. So two, two things which come to mind. One, I have some insights into the business back end, given my position. And I can see sometimes where you overcomplicate things. Yeah. And we have conversations where I'm like, bro, I don't think that needs to happen. I mean, I have no sway, but let me just yeah. give you my opinion. Um, so I see it. I see it happen. And the other thing is I also see in kind of my area of health coaching where people are desperate to overcomplicate things where the goal, uh, where, where the magic is, is simple things applied consistently for long enough to, to yeah. see an effect. So I'd be interested at some point to, to explore that as a, as a facet of this as well, because I don't go on. It's part of my notes, like this specific thing, what I figured out about myself. Yeah. So that those are my two points and, and I'll tag you back in. Cool. So I think the reason things were able to change and we keep talking about this in a bunch of podcasts, it's that performance pressure bell curve. What the way I look at it, when you have an internal purpose that you actually want, you want something, you're excited about something, you're interested, but you're playing a game for you without a negative association for it. That's when a certain amount of pressure or purpose, it creates positive performance. And again, for anyone who doesn't know the performance pressure bell curve that we talked about, imagine on the bottom, there's pressure. And on the top, on the other side, there's performance. It gets a certain peak. And then when there's too much pressure, the performance dips. So it goes to a positive level when there's a purpose saying, I want something, I'm excited about it. This would be really cool. This is interesting, but I'm doing it for me in a positive way. What happened to me is that I started to dip into other place of that bell curve because I had an external pressure or an internal pressure put upon me. This is that feeling that I should, or if I don't, what does this actually mean about me? That was what I was putting on myself. If it's not at eight figures right now and it's very profitable, what does that mean about me? Am I actually not good enough? For me, it was very internal. For a lot of people, it's what will others think of me if I fail? Will they not love me? Will they judge me, abandon me, and so on and so on. But for me, it was a very internal thing. Like, am I actually not as good as I thought I was? But, but that and comes from external comparison. What's eight it figures? It comes what from external comparison. So it comes from external comparison, but it wasn't looking for somebody else's approval. I was looking for my own to judge yeah. myself in comparison to other people. Does that make sense? It, it does. Uh, there's still a definite external component to it. So even say that eight figures means anything. Why not nine? Why not seven? You know, you've got yeah, this no, number. I was just using it as a benchmark to say yeah, that yeah, if, yeah. I, if, if I think Edomar is of this quality of a human being, this intelligent, then he should have been able it, to accomplish this by now. In comparison to other people. Yes. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Yeah, that's fair. But I wasn't seeking their approval. I was just using that as a comparison for myself. So I, I agree. I agree. There's yeah. a distinction for sure. Yeah. Cool. So once I did that, that was the big thing because that insecurity that I wasn't aware of was pulling me in the wrong direction. And this is a big thing we keep coming back to, not being aware of what's pulling at you. 
it was causing me to try, like you said, to do a lot of things because I feel like I had to prove that I can get to a highly profitable eight-figure business now instead of being calm and poised and thinking strategically. And once I realized that, it relieved a lot of that pressure, that performance pressure bell curve. My performance was able to go back up. And then I was able to realize and say to myself, okay, let's get focused and let's go to the next level. Let's do this correctly. I like this a lot. Cool. I like so, so go ahead. Let me just kind of summarize this because I, I like this a lot. So what you're saying is you were overcomplicating things in your business because of, and that was a, a related or a symptom of impatience, which was related to, or a symptom of insecurity, which came from a core fear. Yeah. And as long as you couldn't see what was going on deeper, this uh, overcomplication and impatience was taking you too far down the pressure curve, which was causing your performance to drop and actually for you to fulfill this prophecy that you weren't performing at your, at your top yeah, level. I didn't think about it there, but it definitely creates a self-fulfilling prophecy. It's very, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then when you go upstream back to, okay, this is actually an insecurity. This is a fear by removing the pressure, you then jack up your performance. So where people fuck up with this is that it's part of my language is that they they're, they're dealing with these superficial symptoms and trying to over deal with tactics. They're trying to do things at the top end. They're trying to say, do I need to overcomplicate it? Do I need to simplify it? And they're trying to figure out the top instead of going yeah. deeper. And, and solving this at the root. Yeah. So I think if, for example, so let's say I'd only stopped that impatience. Oh, this happened to me because I'm impatient. Then I might have tried to say logically, let's then only figure out these couple rocks for the year or whatever. But subconsciously, there would have still been that voice saying, but will that be enough to prove that you're good enough? And that's what can mess with you. And me being yeah. able to realize that voice and really understand if it's actually a valid voice or not, if it's yeah. truthful, if I should listen to it, it sets you free. And it's a part of that process. And to add to that, if you dealt with it tactically by, you know, having fewer rocks in your business, then I would have added more rocks afterwards. I would have started would've... like with, a, and then I would have had one for sure. One for sure. <laughs> the other danger here is that maybe you would have hit eight figures but still had this insecurity, still yeah, had this too. fear niggling at you and thinking, okay, so I hit eight figures, but I'm still insecure and I still feel like shit. Maybe I need nine figures. And yeah. this I see so often is yeah. people trying to fix an internal problem with ex external things. And for entrepreneurs, that's money. It's, and it's interesting because it would have been a lose-lose on both ends. Here's what I mean yeah. by that. I think A, like you, what you're saying here, absolutely true. It wouldn't have resolved that. But B, also, it would have actually taken me longer to get there. Yeah, harder, more uncomfortable. Yeah, exactly. 100%. Not even more uncomfortable, just be more difficult. That would have created technical yeah. complexity to avoid the emotional difficulty that I didn't yeah. want to face. And that's exactly what I was doing. You were seeing it from the sideline, like yeah. as a part of the business. So can I move forward with this or is this part clear? No, no, this is great. This is awesome. So the first thing I decided to do was like, okay, I need to get more strategic. So I need to carve out some deep work time. So at the beginning of each day, I put in some deep work slots for about two hours and figure out what is the right thing that we should be focusing on. And this was the classic mistake. I tried to add something when there was already complexity. I, I literally just tried to add, let me do work, deep work here and hopefully can solve it. It was a classic mistake of trying to add instead of initially subtracting. And things obviously didn't 
improve drastically or anything like that because of that. And it actually made me more tired because I was putting more on my plate and I was pretty close to burnout. And because it was also a pretty hectic order before that, we had a big launch and so on and so on. And honestly, my wife, we had a conversation. She checked me on it and she forced me to accept that. Listen, we have to subtract. We have to let something burn. One of these projects we have to let burn for now. And at first, when she said that, I was resistant. I was like, what if we just add more deep work time and focus on that? We could just do that. No. She's like, no. What if we just burn this little thing and just subtract this? No. And she was very insistent about it, but I knew it was coming from a great place. And she was honestly, she was very tough with me. She's also, for context, she's the COO of the business. So she knows a lot of what's going on. And at the end of it, I resisted and resisted and resisted, but I had to succeed to it because logically I knew she was right. Emotionally, it was not comfortable for me. And that's why I kept trying to find a way to say, maybe we just do this thing or this thing instead, or add this, or just subtract this little thing. Because emotionally, it was difficult for me. Yeah, yeah. I didn't want to slow down on scrap projects. That's ego talking 100%, right? Yeah, yes and no. Honestly, when I looked at it, the, the paradox here is like, it's hard to sacrifice your pawn if you don't believe you can really win the end game. Yeah. And this specific insecurity was saying, am I good enough to win at the end game? Yeah, yeah. So it was a very interwoven kind of thing. And I had to accept that Logically, if I know this is right, I need to do it, regardless of how it feels in the moment. And I literally asked in that conversation, we've had this podcast before about the conversation. I asked for my wife, asked for my wife, I'm going to do this. I know what you're saying is the right thing right now. I'm going to ask for you to be patient with me. And especially if I'm a little bit more edgy these next couple of days until this sinks in, because this is difficult for me. So please like, try to be more caring for me as a partner as I'm going through this, because this is difficult for me. And we made that decision. We said, okay, we're going to scrap a bunch of things. And the shocking part was after like two days, I was great. Like I was so happy we did that. This was the exact right decision. I thought it would take me a lot longer to make peace with that, which was very interesting to me. I made peace with that, was super happy about it, was very excited about what's going to be the result of scrapping these things within a couple of days, which to me was, was very surprising, honestly. I thought it would take me longer to kind of accept this, be okay with it, whatever it may be, but it was the exact right thing to do. And I'm going to talk next about what we decided to scrap, but I want to ask if you have anything here. Yeah. Yeah. Just to, to jump in there. So that, that, that loop is awesome. You know, you, you made the decision to remove stuff instead of adding stuff, you identified the core, the core thing. Now, an observation is that that core fear, that insecurity isn't going to disappear just because you've identified it and taken action and it will and correct me if i'm wrong but it will continue to throw off symptoms and thoughts towards the old way of thinking towards overcomplication. gone it will continue to try it will it will, it will continue it, to it, try. It, it, exactly and that's the really important thing for everyone to listen there's that old expression stand guard at the door of your mind you can't stand guard if you don't see the enemy yeah. so to speak if it can just slither through because you don't know what's going on yeah. Now I have that awareness that I can recognize this is one of those things I need to be watching out for. Yes. These are one of my biases. You know, some people are overly optimistic. They have to be, they have to be cautious of that. Some people are over pessimistic. They have to be yeah. cautious. Of that. I have to be aware that I have an insecurity that causes me to over, overextend myself. And I measure myself against this thing. I said, I figures or whatever it may be. And I need to be very cautious of that. 
And when I'm making decisions, I always have to have that as part of my decision-making framework. Yeah. Is this coming from a logical place or is it getting dictated by this insecurity? Yeah. And knowing that and being aware of that now, it's extremely powerful. Yeah, that's exactly my point. Awareness and tools to, to overcome yeah. it. So you have, you know, you make it part of your decision matrix. Um, so that's the thing because of people will often think, you know, I, I expected this to disappear. I expected to no longer have this feeling or, or for these things to yeah. no, not come up and therefore I'm a failure. It's like, no, it, it, mm. it's not about that. It's about having the awareness and the tools exactly like you described. Yeah. I, I do think that that emotion gets minimized as soon as it's, yeah. you're aware of it. It doesn't have a strong of a pull, yeah. but it's absolutely that. In my opinion, a man who knows his insecurities is a very powerful man. Yeah. Because he's a man that doesn't behave irrationally. And that's, that's powerful. So I think this is a big thing. And I also now know a certain indicator that if I ever get told by anybody, like you, my wife, anybody else in the business says, Hey, I think we're overcomplicating things here. I need to be like, there might be something there because I know mm -hmm. this is an issue of mine. Yeah. For example, how I know that I'm not a visual person with aesthetics. So when someone said that to me, <laughs> I'm just laughing because he knows how bad this is. <laughs> but I know that if somebody says to me, this doesn't look right. I'm like, okay, that make I know I have an issue here. It's the yeah. same thing with this, that if anybody says to me, you're overcomplicating something here, I can immediately take a backseat and be like, okay, there might be something here. Let me listen. Let me think about this. Yeah. Because this, I'm aware of this, and this awareness is crucial. Yeah. 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 And and what you've built there is a, a mental SOP. Um, when mental X, model, yeah. mental model. Yeah. Yeah. When a trigger happens that you recognize and identify, this is the normal action that you take. And this is the new action that you're going to take. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. Cool. Is this part clear? Yeah. Great. So then we decided, okay, we do need to let things burn. So what are the big things that we got to say we don't need right now? And what are we open to sacrificing for the long run? And we kind of came up with the, with the model that slow is smooth, smooth is fast. That needs to be the theme for the next couple quarters because we want to do things the right way. If we really want to go fast in the long run and get to our goals and have everything that we want, we need to slow down now so we're doing it the right way. So basically we had, and you know about this, we had a big launch plan for the Arena 2.0 in January. And we wanted to capitalize on the whole new year, new me, all that kind of jazz. And it was going to be very lucrative. There's no way around it. But we decided, you know what? We don't need this cash right now. What actually we need is to slow things down so we can go fast. So that's scrapped. And it, it's hard. It was hard because we're saying no to a lot of money, honestly. And I'm still, like I said, this business is pretty new for context. I wasn't making as much money as I am now three years ago. And sometimes I have to remind myself, this isn't money that's actually crucial to Itamar and his family of today. So we don't need this, but it still requires effort to remind myself that. And on top of that, we also delayed the book project. We scheduled a call with the editor. We told him this is what's going on. We need to delay it. And it was very tough. It's also tough because I made in a lot of ways a public commitment or whatever they call it. And I told people, we're going to try to launch this next year by Q3, whatever it may be. And especially, honestly, that I know people look at me sometimes in a certain way. Like Edomar is not supposed to have days off. He's this mindset guy, whatever. And they put that kind of pressure on me. And sometimes I take it. So it was also important for me to recognize that I, I feel this pressure to do that, but I don't have to. That's on them. Go for it. Yeah, just a semantics thing. You said they put that pressure on you. You, you put that yeah. pressure on you. That's what I say. They, they, no, I, I disagree. I think people put that pressure on you. They have an expectation of you. 
It's my choice whether to accept it or not. And that's the pressure. I think people have an image in their head of you, which one, you don't know what that is and you're creating what you think that image is. And then that is what you're using to put pressure on yourself. Because the image that you think of, I don't think of what you're saying, what you're describing yourself as. Yeah. I don't think of you as that. So I have been told that those specific things by various people. But I agree with you on a principle level. I'll also say from personal experience, literally people have said this to me. <laughs> For sure. You know? But then you know what? If you also said, hey, I've made a decision to not launch at this time, I imagine those same people will be like entirely understood. I'm sure it was the best decision. They, so... The interesting thing is when I told a bunch of those people that they're like, man, that's, that's a boss move. Yeah. That's and what I mean. It was, a, yeah. And it was an interesting process because they had their expectation and then their expectation changed. And it was an interesting thing in and of itself, honestly. Um, but yeah, that was a big part of it. And what we decided we, we canceled those two big things. And now we're only focusing on working on the systems and how, again, how can we make things as smooth as possible for the inevitable journey upwards towards success? to not be a rough ride and not sacrifice a lot of our, let's call it our bandwidth, our health, our enjoyment of life, things that are very crucial to us for things that are just nice to have, it's like more cash in the bank right now, which again, yeah. Edomar three years ago, he needed that what? Edomar right now, it's not the important thing. Yeah. So we had to recognize how can we fill things down to make sure that we're not sacrificing what we actually is important to us for things that are nice to have, more cash right now. And we basically said that that's what we're gonna do that January, I'm basically taking the whole month off. I don't know when this will come out, but it's pre-recorded. Um, I'm taking the whole month off, except I have four calls. And in February, when I come back, we will have a really high vantage point to figure out once I'm fresh, once things are smoother, once the whole systems are better, okay, what should we be going after? And what should the projects be? Because I recognize that that insecurity exhausted me in a lot of ways. It caused me to do so much. And right now, even after I've removed it, there's still some residue. There's after effects of that behavior of what it created me. I'll just, just fatigue. So if I can take a month off and really just refresh, then I can come back from, from a, much, a much higher and like let's call it a wiser perspective of what should actually be the rocks. What do we actually want to accomplish? And I think none of this would have been possible if I didn't understand my own security that was pulling me. And the reason I wanted to make this podcast is to first off, just share this as a concept that knowing the power of your own insecurities is massive. It is so free. And as Emil is always saying, not just from a money place, because you'll succeed more, but from an internal place. Like, I enjoy life more now. And I didn't have a bad life before. I really enjoyed life, but now I can enjoy it even more because it's just one less thing pulling me in an unpleasant direction. That's an interesting and valid point there is like, and then I think there's a lot of people can resonate. Like you enjoyed life before I enjoyed life before I did yeah. the arena. Life was great, particularly on paper. It can get better and yeah. we have permission for it to get better and we should expect and drive towards it getting better, not just more money, more time, more everything, but get those things as well, but also just a higher level of, to use a woo woo phrase, alignment, a higher level of contentment of peace, yeah. which we almost think we don't deserve or, or doesn't exist. Yeah. It's for me, it's peace. It's just more yeah. peace. I, I like, those said it, much I love how Novell said it. He said, uh, he said, uh, happiness is peace and movement or something that is happiness. He was basically saying that in order to have real happiness, you have to have peace. That's a precursor to that. And yeah. removing a lot of these insecurities, it gives way to that in my eyes. It's my experience. What I've seen both in myself, 
and in other people. And that's why I wanted to share this. Also, just to also clarify that I still deal with this stuff as well. It's how Emil is saying it's, it's an infinite game, so to speak. Yes, it does get infinitely easier. And I was able to actually realize myself what was going on with myself because I have so much experience with this. But if you're going through this stuff, it doesn't mean there's anything wrong. Like Emil was just saying, it's part of human nature. I also go through it. I have a very high level expertise in this. I also go through it. And that was a big reason also why I wanted to share this. Aside from that, is there anything you want to say as a closing note, Emil? Yeah, there's this paradox where you need to keep growing and striving to get better while also being content in the moment. It's kind of the human paradox. Like there's always improvement to be made, but don't despair because you can also be happy in the moment and content in the moment. And this is what peace is. Peace is removing bullshit, which is affecting you while also accepting and not beating yourself up because you're not perfect. That's peace. It's this duality. Yeah. I guess I look at it as a simply wanting to do things from a positive place, not from a pressure of yeah. if I don't, what does this mean or what will people think? Yeah. And that's, that was the whole performance pressure bell curve part that I was talking yeah, about. Yeah. That's how it fit in for me. Cool. So I want to leave with this one note. And again, a man who knows his insecurities is a powerful man because he's a man that doesn't behave irrationally. And if you're not behaving irrationally, you're employing your logic, you can achieve a lot. And beyond that, you can enjoy life. So if you don't know what your main insecurities are, it's dangerous. They will pull you in the wrong direction. Just like somebody who's way overly optimistic, that's dangerous. It's the same thing here. It will pull you in the wrong direction. It will cause you to not get what you want in life and also not live the life that you really want. So if this is something that you've never figured out and you don't know what main insecurity is driving you, you need to spend the time and figure this out because everybody has insecurities that drive you don't have zero that I guarantee you. And that's what I would suggest. If you take anything from this conversation to think about, this would be it. If you can answer what's the main insecurity that I have that's pulling me in the wrong direction, your power goes up and up and up. Do we believe that? Maybe this is a topic for another podcast, but how, you know, we should leave it at that. <laughs> that definitely a topic for a different podcast, but it's a great topic. Um, yeah, we'll get into it. That's definitely something we can get into in one of the next pods. Amazing. Great conversation. All right, man. Appreciate you being on. See you guys next week. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Emotional Fortitude Podcast. Please tell a friend if you enjoyed it and found value in it. Three last things before you go, though. If you feel like someone else with your exact skill set and abilities could be accomplishing more than you currently are, that's a mindset and emotional access issue. And here are three ways I'd love to help you conquer any internal limitations. Go big and win. One, Three Quick Ideas Tuesday newsletter. It's a weekly email with three quick ideas around one aspect of elite performance and how to approach it differently to get better and faster results. People say it's the most thought-provoking and impactful two minutes they spend in their inbox each week. It's easy to sign up to and easy to cancel, and you can sign up at edamumryan.com slash three ideas. Two is the Emotional Fortitude Micro Course. It will help you build the emotional fortitude and conflict tackle any goal. It's the complete nothing held back emotional fortitude system in five simple parts. It's all under five minutes each module. See it, use it, and win. And it's completely free at edamarmorani.com slash course. And number three, lastly, if you want to dive in and aggressively level up, the Arena Mindset Accelerator might be for you. It's a six-week intense sprint for entrepreneurs who are up for a dramatic transformation. It's an interactive live program where you'll be working with me in a very hands-on way 
to get clarity on what you want, build an effective mindset to optimize for your goals and establish elite emotional fortitude that would allow you to overcome any fear or doubt that could get in your way. You can learn more at itamarmorani.com slash accelerator. You can find all of these links in the show notes below or go to itamarmorani.com and have a look around. Until next time, who dares wins.